FM for Entrepreneurs by Entrepreneurs. In this podcast series, we bring you the insights of the Malaysia Kini E-Commerce and Entrepreneurship Summit 2018. The summit brings together educators, business owners and startup youth owners to discuss on the growth of e-commerce industry and the state of entrepreneurship in Malaysia. The summit aims to foster a generation of talented and passionate young entrepreneurs who can help bring new innovations and transform the e-commerce landscape to a whole new level. We're going to shift gears a little bit because I think this morning we heard a lot about um, e-commerce uh, payment gateway, um, how do you do business online, but we're more about how do you operate your infrastructure online uh, with cloud technologies, right? Uh, it's very dry if I spend my time talking to you about servers and storage and all that, but that's not the point. You're here, you spend your time here probably investing two good days of your time to understand how can you leverage uh, technology better, how do you, can you leverage by networking with these people uh, within the arena today so that you can maximize it and, and move on. Uh, we, we live in a different era today. You know, I, I, we could set up a data center with 12 lines of codes, right? And that data center can reside anywhere in the world. I could do it in Tokyo. I could build up that data center in Singapore if I wanted to. So the complication arises is that what, what do I do? What, what's best for my business? And I hope that um, when I share about the background and the basics of cloud technologies, and then moving on quickly into um, the tips, right? And, and how could you leverage it best? And things that you may have some misconceptions about, and, and I'll share that with you because when we engage with our clients, uh, we hear a lot of things, and we tell them, we share with them too, and say, you know, here's the best three ways you can leverage the cloud. Okay, moving on. So, um, it, right on the top, the orange layer here, um, if you see on the right, if you notice carefully, um, your, your customers are going to interact with you and experience the services that you provide through your app. It could be a mobile app. And your customers may or may not be Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo today, but maybe next time they will be, right? So underneath that is you. You're managing and orchestrating the whole technology layer underneath the cloud. Um, and if you're doing that on a private cloud basis, that's a lot of technology that you have to manage, right? You have to make sure that um, you run it efficiently, you run it securely as well. Um, and then moving on to the public cloud. There are many, many public cloud providers, and Ali Cloud is one of them, uh, Google Cloud, Amazon, uh, of course, Azure as well. So those are some of the partners that we work with as well. Um, they would have a larger pool of resources they can leverage on. You're basically pushing the risk there with the service level that you buy. So it's no longer a CAPEX model you pour into your books, but it's more like a OPEX model instead, right? So those are the key things uh, regarding the um, cloud and anatomy and the breakdown of it, um, and, and some of the underlying things that people need to do in order to run a, a data center efficiently as well. Uh, I haven't gone even into PCI DSS. I think earlier on we talked about security, right? Your payment uh, information has been stored securely. Um, only last week, right, we heard about Facebook losing 50 million uh, of their users' data because somebody went in there and took that record away. And if you go to Facebook and start linking into other apps as well, um, your information is basically being shared that way. So be careful online, and, and there's many ways of, of doing it. So I'm going to share with you some of the, uh, well, four myths, right? basically four myths about uh, 
things that you need to think about uh, and misconceptions or pre assumptions that you might have uh, when going to the cloud. Number one, it's cheaper to operate in the cloud. And that may not be necessarily true for you. Uh, certainly not in our experience anyway. When we engage with our clients, we said that when they want to move to the cloud, they say, what's my cost savings, right? They immediately think of the cost savings. But what we found uh, when customers are very successful is that when they go to the cloud for innovation, when they go to the cloud for speed, and that's when they can really, really leverage on the cloud, but not so much for the cost. So that's, that's basically myth number one. It's not there for you to save cost, but you, for you to gain that speed and efficiency that you could never ever have if you have your data center on premise within your offices. Number two, when the cloud started maybe four or five years ago, everybody said, you know what, going to the cloud may not be as secure, right? You get data loss, et cetera, et cetera. And then for the last, I think, 12 to six months, cloud providers are saying, you know what, I've got 30 certification, security certifications um, for my cloud infrastructure. Um, that's fantastic, you know, more than a bank. A bank could probably achieve probably six, maybe 10, but certainly not 30. So um, just because a cloud provider has 30 certifications recognized uh, for the, from the security industry, it doesn't mean that when you put your application up in the cloud, it's automatically secured. It's almost like saying that, you know, um, Volvo that makes safe cars, but when you drive in it, you can't kill anybody with it. You know, so it's like the, the concept and the mindset must be that you are responsible for your own security in the cloud. Um, and you cannot outsource that. You just have to own it and you just have to manage it um, carefully. Myth number three, all cloud providers are the same. Not so in our experience as well. And anyway, but this, this, this has a time bound to it. Uh, this may apply maybe uh, in the next six to 18 months, but over time, things will change, obviously, right? Cap cloud providers will build capabilities. Um, and when we go through that exercise, or again with our clients, that there are three key things that clients are, are basically looking for. When you go to the cloud, obviously, you go into a marketplace. Um, you are, you're probably starting small. You don't want to build everything yourself. You want to buy things that you can leverage on from the marketplace so to get you up and running. Uh, but when you're up and running and you reach a certain level of maturity, you know, you're going to say, you know what, whatever I'm buying from the cloud doesn't fit my need. I need to basically rewrite a lot of things to suit my requirements uh, that is specific to me because that's my unique um, model going to the cloud. And when you do that, you're going to go into, a little bit technical now, and going to what they call APIs. Um, and if the documentation is not right, you're going to hit a lot of problems as well. Um, the other thing is supportability and language support. Um, if, if you're going to lock a ticket into the cloud provider and they're going to say, um, you know what, you need to solve this and then come back to me, um, it's going to take a long time for you to go through that cycle of troubleshooting and uh, finding out what the bugs are. For a, but for a mature cloud organization, based on our experience, um, they will come up and give you a comprehensive answer to tell you that, you know what, we think this is your problem, but, um, and we've covered five other areas in case you don't know, um, and here's the documentation and here are the references to where you can go in order to address that problem. So maturity of the cloud provider is important, but like I said, over time, um, other cloud providers will also build up the capability. But do your homework, do your homework and find out what is needs to be done uh, in, in terms of your capability, in terms of marketplace offerings, etc. as well. Um, 
in the, in the cloud, I don't have to operate, um, I have to change the way I operate, and that's not true. Um, the way you procure um, on the cloud is going to be very different from how you procure for on-prem. So procurement was one of the major things that we faced with our enterprise clients. Um, that needs to change policies and mindsets. So the entire organization needs to know that as well, um, how you're going to buy IT from this time moving forward. Um, also, your IT organization, if you're large enough, you've got a large IT team uh, supporting them, um, and also knowing who to support and who to call uh, will totally be different as well. So you have to think about it. When you move to the cloud, there will be changes from the procurement side to the support side, and also obviously to the development side and the security side as well. So having equipped with that knowledge, I think that will actually help you transition to the cloud a lot better and a lot smoother as well. Okay, so those are the four myths and misconceptions that we commonly see um, with our clients. And I thought I'd share that with you so that, you know, you, obviously your time is important here. I don't want you to walk away not having something to take away with you. Um, so here are the five tips on top of the myths that we have uh, when you go to the cloud as well. Um, the barriers to entries changes all the time. I think this is pretty obvious. Um, We've seen disruptors like Uber, I know Grab, Airbnb coming in. I mean, in the hotel industry, if you were a, an operator and you've got managed a property, obviously you think that, you know what, this is a pretty steep barrier to entry, right? And, and I don't think I'll get any competitors that way. Well, you no, know, Airbnb came along and obviously they, dis they disrupted the whole thing, right? Um, in 2016, January of 2016, Dr. Klaus Schwab uh, from the World Economic Forum he wrote a paper and he said, we're in the brink, on the brink of a dis digital disruption. Well, we're in 2018 now and we're feeling that digital disruption in a major way. Um, a good example is when Cuba opened up a few years ago and on CNN, the first thing was the, the CEO of Airbnb talking to the Cuban government. How can we uh, come in and open up Cuba so that people can visit, right? So they move a lot faster and a lot quicker than uh, traditional players can, right? Um, and what Dr. Klaus Schwab said in his white paper and in, during his speech in the World Economic Forum was, um, in, for businesses to address the fourth industrial revolution is to, one key thing is to innovate unrelentlessly. You've got to constantly innovate. Um, if you're familiar with Dublin, uh, Dublin has uh, 10 innovation types. You know, uh, depending on your business model, you could be because of price, you're innovative in the price space, or you're innovative in the customer experience space. But what is clear is that in the fourth industrial revolution, um, underpinning all this evolution is going to be technology, whether it's machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, and we talked about um, you know, virtual reality, earlier on in the panel, talk about voice recognition and be able to have natural language conversations with the uh, software behind. So that's going to evolve and change and improve over time, obviously. But you've got to make sure you watch that meter because you've got to always constantly innovate to make sure that you have that edge and that focus uh, that you require in order to retain your customers. Number two, um, I think Joel mentioned this in a significant way. I think he put it quite succinctly. He said, you have to think big, start small, but scale very quickly, have the ability to scale very quickly. And that's what the cloud allows you to do. Allows you to try. If it doesn't work, I'll pull it out. Five years ago, I saw a statistic, uh, statistics 
70% of large IT projects, uh, large means 5 million and above, fail. And the reason why they fail is because they said, you know what, I've gone through the entire cycle, got the approval, spent the money, purchased the equipment. There's no way on earth I'm going to pull out and cancel this project. We're going to see it through, you know, come here, rain or shine, we're going to see it through. And obviously budgets will break. Uh, expectations mismatch. And that's what happens when you have people who are operating in a non-cloud environment. But with the cloud, like I said before, in 12 lines of code, and within three minutes, with my laptop open and a mobile line, I can go to the cloud, I can provision an entire data center with the necessary security protection in place, with the necessary data place in place, etc. Um, and it can be done very quickly. And if it doesn't work, I can always tear it down and say, you know what, I'm going to try again in a different way, with a different partner, with a different technology, uh, with a different way of doing things. So the fail fast and fail small paradigm really applies when you're doing e-commerce as well. You're trying something new. It doesn't work. You're going to try something again. But it costs you far rate, uh, lesser than what you have to do in terms of your own data center, where you're pouring money into um, your infrastructure and spending a lot of money there. Right? And to number three, uh, not everything needs to go to the public cloud. Uh, we've seen uh, last three years, everybody swinging uh, from on-premise into the public cloud. And what happens is that you, know, you say, oh, you know what, I, I, I think we need more control in certain applications that we have. So they come back onto the private cloud on-premise. And some of them, people try hybrid. Some applications which need to interface with the customers are on the public cloud. But some important critical information stays within the data center. So we've got a combination of both. And we've helped customers along the way on how to achieve that um, hybrid cloud architecture. Right? It's got to be able to scale, like what the Joel said. Start small, scale very quickly. Uh, be able to um, be on demand as well. I only pay for what I need. I only pay for what I consume. Whatever I don't consume, I don't have to pay for it because it costs me at the end of the day. All right, and into tip number four, finding the right technology partner that works with you, that's pretty important. I find that, um, especially in the SME space, you know, where they talk about price, 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 especially this is Malaysia, everybody loves a great bargain, right? And they, and they squeeze you on, on uh, the services or the, or the hardware that you pay for, but at the end of the day, there's no partnership, there's no long-term, no, no longevity in that relationship. Uh, why I said it is because uh, especially in your space, in e-commerce, you, you need to focus, you don't have time to focus on the IT technology, find a partner that does, right? Um, talk, to, talk to your partners, find out you know, what, what, uh, how can they help you in the business. Uh, I've been to so many meetings where partners, uh, as soon as you open up, and they talk about their business, they talk about the capability, but they don't care about your business. So find a partner that cares about your business, that knows the cloud well, that will be able to leverage on the cloud, so be able to optimize it for you. All right. And then finally, tip number five is that cloud is definitely um, um, not a destination, but a journey. The reason why I said it is because a lot of people think that, ah, oh, I'm on the cloud already, right? Once I'm on the cloud, I don't have to worry. It's, it's running. It's running, and I don't have to do anything further to it. Uh, but back on to my tip number one, where you are constantly innovating, uh, also constantly optimizing. Uh, I had an example of a customer of ours, um, large telco, moved 180 workloads to the cloud and suddenly had a build shock on month number one. Reason is because they, the way they operate on-premise was the same as the way they operate on cloud. They left the servers running 24 by 7. And obviously the bill went up and up and up, 
and you've got to build shock. So the tip is to constantly look at what are resources you need and you don't need, and if you don't need them, shut them down or schedule to shut them down. So that um, there are many, many ways of doing that, but there's one, this is one way of doing it, to schedule your, the workloads on the cloud so that you don't burn unnecessary money for workloads that you don't really need, which are non-critical. Right? So I've gone through um, the four myths, and I've gone through the uh, five tips of going to the cloud. And the, probably the next call to action is to, if you want to have a conversation with us, uh, feel free to scan that. Uh, we'll get in touch with you, and we'll start that conversation. There's no obligation. It's always interesting for me to engage with clients to understand what your business problems are, how you're going to leverage um, and, at the cloud by putting e-commerce layers on it uh, and transacting through it as well. Um, but if you want to have a conversation with us, uh, feel free to contact us anytime by scanning the uh, QR code or visiting us uh, at the bank uh, with where we are at with the Trinity booth. Right? So um, that's it. Thank you very much for your attention. Uh, I won't hold you back. Lunch is uh, waiting for us, I believe. Yeah. And that's the end of this episode for Malaysia Kini E-Commerce and Entrepreneurship Summit 2018. Be sure to tune in and check out all of our other exciting episodes and podcast series only on EFM.live.